guys, welcome to the Paddler's Playbook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podcast Land. Thermal convection, man. These dudes almost killed me. You know, redfish are really dumb. How do you take your marsh dump? This fool used all my toilet paper. Bro, bye. Well, now that Drew's done dragging this on. TPP. 15. You gonna get a dozen shrimp? Hey, you throwing that cast net again this weekend? Oh, good lord. I almost died. I do not want to paddle that far. Once again, he almost died. <laughs> I'm not waking up at the butt crack of dawn. I'll see you at the launch around noon. I love wake baits. Haven't you ever heard them chatter? Let me double back here for a second. And now, a word from Saltside Jess. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle. Check out our sponsors. No, like, check out our sponsors. <laughs> oh. Check out our sponsors. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podcast Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Lewis. So, so. This is another edition of the Paddler's Playbook. Chris, are you glad that you are done with this move well, you're not done with the movie wait, yet, are wait, you? I'm are, like, you are, are you glad that you are done so, with the selling of this house? So, by the time this airs, I will have been moved out of my house that we've been in for like the past 12 years. We spent 10 weeks completely, I mean, painting every single room in this house, putting up all new doors, all new door hardware. You know, that was a headache within itself. And then another, you know, month where we had to keep the house absolutely 100% spotless, where, you know, invaders came into my home seven times a day. You know, it's a ridiculous process, man. And thank, thank, thank the Lord, man. I'm moving to my forever home, brother. And uh, <laughs> you're not a puppy. You're not going. No, to, I am, you're man. not going this to is, your forever home. This is my forever home that I'm going to, man. Shit, I'm gonna have a barn, bro. I ain't leaving my barn. That's like gonna be my pride and joy. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I asked you if you if you have a property and stuff picked out, and you're like, yeah. And you don't send me pictures of the house or anything. I sent you a picture of the you barn. You sent me a picture and you said, this is my barn. Hell yeah. Dude. Like, I know uh, what your priorities are. That's where my friggin' tractor is going. That's right, man. I'm in the process of trying to find a tractor now, too. Um, yeah, it's going to be pretty amazing. Um, we won't be able to actually move for probably 30 days or so. Because we're going through and, and renovating the entire house. I mean, it was it's a 1950s farmhouse, 1950s barn. Um, the only thing that's new there is a pool. It's got a a new pool. <laughs> so, that's uh, not, well, after you get off your tractor, damn you straight, have a, you have a barn Bloop. now. So you have to have a be tractor, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That, yeah. that was good. Do it again. Let me hear it one more time. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Now you. Not only sold the house, but recently we were out at the Got Fish Expo and we got to see our man Danny Wentz from Pure Fishing out there. He had some really cool stuff. Also, I don't know what this has to do with selling my house, but yeah. yeah we it's saw a transition. Danny. It's called a transition. <laughs> but I picked up a new AL high speed. That sucker is light, dude. It is it, I'm a little jealous, dude. Seven ounces 
and I paired it up with a custom build that I've been working on. I am around eight ounces total spooled. With I'm looking rod, up, I'm looking up to see everything. how how light my Premier is. But that that thing is super light. Um, Danny had some great reels out there. He also handed us some boxes, like a lot of boxes. And I'm like, what what is this stuff that Chris is giving me? It was the new Ugly Stick Ugly Tools, knives, scissors, scissors, uh, pliers. We can cut all the things. If you have it, you can cut it with these new ugly tools and you we're going to be stab it you can gut it you can kill it, it all, clean all it. the things <laughs> all the things anything anything that you can think of that you need to cut you can cut it with these new ugly tools jessica's going to tell us a little bit about that in just a minute along with you know everything going on at ack and real sportswear chris have you found out what that premiere weighs yet i'm i'm trying to find man okay uh yeah so the Point one ounces. What point one? Six point one. Six point one. Okay. So it's still pretty. It's pretty light, but not as light as the ALF, man. Dude, that thing is light, and and like I said, I I paired it up with a custom build that I was doing, and I'm around eight ounces with thirty pound spider wire ultra casts fully spooled on there right now. That sucker's going to be so light, and I can't wait to try it out on a redfish. And it is a light-action rod, which I would not suggest that you go out in the marsh and go after these things with a light-action yes. rod. But I just want to do it to do it. So that was the first thing that I said whenever you told me how much need. And, and bro staff, um, you guys can post on the Facebook page if you agree with me and post underneath the, um, the link for this. Uh, but... When I get a reel that's that light, I go ahead and I figure that I can afford more ass on my rod. So I let the rod be a little bit heavier than what I normally would get uh, because my reel is now so light. Now, when I have a really heavy reel, I want a lighter rod um, as light as I could possibly get to kind of offset that. That's, that's what used to kill me with spinners because spinners are so friggin' heavy all the time that I always a really light rod. And, and I could never get a whole lot of ass behind it um, if I was trying to save weight. But we'll see how this works out for you, man. Get well, out it, there and try to slay some, some overs with it. That's great conventional wisdom. But like Michelle said, whenever we were talking about it, and she's like, well, of course Drew did that because that's Drew, and he's going to do crazy stuff like that. <laughs> that That's what he's going to do because I just wanted to try it because I wanted to try it. Like, I, I, I wanted, wanted... Yeah, I'm such, I'm, I'm such a basic bitch. <laughs> I wanted to see how it goes. Like, I'm experimenting. I, I can make rods, so that's what I did. But you know, on this episode, we talked to Heath from Yak Tribe, and again, it's great to hear the passion from people within our community. And I think Keith, he, he was able to convey that passion for community, for fishing, um, for faith. Like he was able to convey a lot during this episode when we were talking to him. So this is the first time that we actually reach out to somebody that's not like in, in the game as far as like manufacturing or, or peddling a, a, a device or a wear. Um, 
this is someone that that is actually just in it for the love of the game and um, the and to serve. Okay, so this man's not making a living doing, although you might hear something special that's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, special from, announcement in this yeah. in this episode. Make sure you listen for that. But this is this is how most um, large trees are grown. I just a small sapling, and uh, that's that's what this dude's been doing, man. Planting was, a tree, watching had, it grow. It, it, it was great to kind of hear the story of Yak Tribe. He was able to give a little bit of marketing advice to, to everybody. He talked about what's going to come um, from Yak Tribe. And guys, if you don't know what a kayak library is, you're going to hear about something really, really cool that they have going on in Florida right now for the Yak Tribe members and a kayak library. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and you you take the value that Heath brings to it and the passion that he brings to it. And I, I hope you feel that and it's conveyed and it's conveyed to you the same way that it was, uh, you know, kind of it kind of got me in my feels a little bit, Chris. I can't lie. There was, I think there I was think some parts might... of it that got me in my feels. I felt bad saying curse words. I did towards the end. I did towards the end. And you guys will find out why Chris felt bad with the curse words for this episode. There won't be any bleeps needed in this episode, but we'll get to that in just a second. But first, we're going to kick it over to Jessica to tell us about ACK Real Sportswear and tell you guys how to get in on this ugly tool, ugly stick giveaway. Roll it. Hey, bro staff, with Father's Day fast approaching, take the guesswork out of your Father's Day shopping and head on over to realsportswear.com and pick your dad up something you know he's going to use and love. It's the new Upriver Button Down from Real Sportswear. The Upriver Button Down features rear venting to help you stay cool and dry, whether it's in the backyard or out on the water. Add 50 plus sun protection, odor resistant technology, and dual front pockets, and you have a home run on your hands this Father's Day. So head on over to realsportswear.com and get your dad wearing what the guides wear this summer. Or maybe it's about getting your dad out on the water for the first time, and you're looking for the perfect kayak. Why not check out austinkayak.com and check out their Father's Day gift selection. Paddles, PFDs, and everything you'll need for that father-son fishing trip in stock and ready to move just in time for this Father's Day. Maybe you're thinking all of this sounds great, but free sounds better. Then maybe I can interest you in our Ugly Stick Fishing Tool Giveaway. That's right, bro staff. We're giving away Ugly Stick Tool Prize Packs. All you have to do is go to the Paddler's Playbook Facebook page, click on the original Ugly Tool Giveaway post, and give us your best, you might be a yacker if quote. The best comment could win you anything from a 90 degree pliers to marine shears. Now that my work here is done, I'm going to turn you back over to Drew and Chris. As always, this is Southside Jess, and I'll see you on the salt side. So Jessica, thanks so much. You know what, guys? We've got one heck of a giveaway coming up. You just heard all about it. 
And I, I tell you what, Drew, I'm actually really stoked. I put all of these uh, ugly tools in my hand, and I was like, holy crap. Okay, first off, these are these are made for, like, Paul Bunyan fishermen. Man hands. Yeah. Like these, these, these tools. Are, these are these are manly, ugly tools. Like these things are stout, bro. And no wonder they have a seven-year warranty on them. Um, I can I can imagine they'll last well beyond seven years without a problem. But uh, I can't wait to wait to give these things away and have everybody talking about them. I mean, it's the latest and greatest thing from Ugly Stick, and it's fantastic. But today. Besides talking about these giveaways, man, we've got a special guest, bro. And you know what I was thinking about earlier? How to about say a- his last name. You were thinking I, how to say his last name. You this know is how another I, guest that I have no clue how to you say You know his how last I name. do it, bro. You know how I do it. It's just going to be <clears throat> last name is an initial, and that's it. But I'm just no, going to call him by the name of the, the, the community. That's that's what I'm going to call <laughs> there him. There you go. go what, I was, what I was thinking earlier is... Um, you know, as children, whenever we were growing up, um, and I, you know, I've seen a lot of children. I've been around a lot of children. I've, you know, I was a child once myself. Um, <laughs> we're inherently we don't like to share our things. You know, it's just it's just the way it is. Like as a child, and as we grow up, we just don't like to share our things. Like that's mine. Why are you touching my stuff? And it, it takes, you know, what it takes a pretty special person, man. Um, to grow up and become uh, a, a person of your community where all you do is share your stuff. That's got to be pretty damn hard to do, man. It, it does. I mean, I've, I've shared my shoes. I mean, I've, I've shared my shoes with you <laughs> yeah. before. I, I still shared, cringe that I shared that I borrowed your shoes, bro. We, I, we've, we've shared, we've <laughs> shared clothing, but I mean, our guest today, he has a really cool thing going on with, some kayaks that he is able to share and kind of rent out for free. He started a, a community. I know you guys have heard of it. If you are a kayak fisherman, you have definitely heard of Yak Tribe. So, you know, with that being said, Heath from Yak Tribe. That's what I'm going to call it because I can't Heath say your P, baby. <laughs> Heath P from Yak Tribe. Thank you for joining the Paddler's Playbook today, man. Of course, man. Um, and so... Uh, I've done it a few times. And so the way you say my last name, there's really two ways, you know, Rex, Rex and I, you guys know Rex. We, we laugh about this, but you can say it as I say the white people way. Okay. Uh, which is my mom's side, which is pan Ganaban. It's pretty easy. If you just look at it, pan Ganaban, pan I, like it. I can or, say that. Or you could say it like my dad's family says it. Punganibun. Punganibun. Punganibun, which is, you know, the Filipino way of saying it, but Heath from Yak Tribe is just as good. <laughs> I'm just going to say Heath from Yak Tribe because we, go, we got Heath from Bugs, Heath from Yak Tribe. Y'all say my name the right way. <laughs> put, some, put some respect on his name. That's all I'm saying. Respect it. <laughs> That's yeah, why I'm man, just going to go with Heath P. There you go. Hey, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you guys uh, taking time out of your, your night and uh, your days. And yeah, man, I've been following the, uh, the podcast uh, pretty much since you guys started and now. Uh, uh, you guys are doing a great job, so thanks for having me. Yeah, so we want to get into, you know, how Yak Tribe started, the Yak Tribe community. Chris, your mic is not muted. I can hear you. You can hear me. Around <laughs> there, guys. I'm eating food. dinner. Sorry. <laughs> I can hear all that, but we we want to talk about how Yak Tribe started, a little bit about marketing, a little bit of the challenges. 
of running a big community like Yak Tribe. But in true Paddler's Playbook fashion, before we get to those type of things, we want to know about your most memorable fishing memory. Hey, Drew, you know what we need to do? We need to have a hook for that. Like, like with some dreamy music in the background and it's like, Hey, what's your most favorite memory? I honestly think that's it right there. That's, that's it. it. That's what we got to go for. You we need to have it. shirts. Just this, spice it out. Yeah. yeah, have shirts that say, this was my most memorable fishing memory. Right. Just have that on the back. But we want to know what's your most memorable fishing memory or some very memorable fishing experiences that you've had. And then I want you to tell us about your first kayak and how you got into the sport. Okay, so, man, I got a really great fishing memory, um, or my best, you know, best fishing memory, but I kind of have two, so I don't know. I'll just give you. Give so us both. Right. No, okay. give us both. Come on. Okay. We want to so, hear both so of So them. the first one is, um, you know, I love, I love kayak fishing um, offshore, and um, while we were living on the road in the RV, just hustling, growing Yak Tribe, we made our way out to Cali, and um, I really wanted to catch a yellowtail out in Cali, um, in La Jolla. And so I linked up with my buddy, Kevin Nakata, who worked at Hobie at the time and, um, is also a guide out there in, uh, in La Jolla. I don't know if you've ever been out there, but it's, it's crazy, man. Like you launch where the surfers are surfing. So it's just wild. Um, and so I was able to go out there and, you know, four times by myself and just fail, 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 fail. And finally, like a day and a half before I had to, um, leave Cali, I finally got hooked up with my first yellowtail out there. We were like, maybe eight and a half, eight point. Yeah. Like eight and a half miles offshore. Um, and it was just an amazing experience. Finally gaffing it, you know, cutting out the heart, doing that whole thing. Just, it was amazing. So I love sushi. I want to really get a yellowtail and I ended up getting it, which is, did dope. you, did you take a bite out of the heart? I did. So Kevin, Kevin, uh, got me to do it. He even brought like soy sauce out and everything. And, uh, it was dope. What did it taste like? It's disgusting. Have- it's taste. It tastes yeah. like, yeah, it tastes like metal. Um, at first I thought I was being pranked because he's like, Oh, try this heart. I was like, what are you, you cutting out the heart? But, um, yeah, man, it was, it was disgusting. So all the iron, all the iron, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I tell kind you. of a metallic, metallic yeah. taste. You won't have, you won't worry about me doing that. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'm, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to live tomorrow just fine. Even whenever I don't eat the heart. So yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. But it's like, it. it's like good luck, you know, like the first one. So. Yeah. What about one of your most early fishing memories? Do you have like a really early fishing memory when you were a kid? Yeah, I mean, I so the I actually started kayak fishing when I was like eight years old, um, and it was just with my dad, and we would just go out and scrape off barnacles from pilings and just catch sheep's head for dinner. And so we had a little yellow tandem kayak, and we would just go out, you know, at sunset and just bring in some fish and, and cook it up and eat it. Um, but I wanted to tell you actually about, you know, the yellowtail was pretty awesome, but um, I have this other fishing memory, which is, it's just an epic story, but it's also kind of embarrassing. Um, so I went out fishing in your area with Rex and Shane. Oh, no, no, no. Shane sent us to a spot that was a terrible spot uh, <laughs> for us. I guess he slays it, but shout out to Rex, Shane. Shout yeah, out to Shane. Yeah. For me and Rex, we went like low tide and it was a terrible, terrible for us. Um, and so we're, we're like, you know, in low tide dragging our Hobies all over, all over, all over. And 
we get to a spot, I'm like, bro, I have to go to the bathroom. And not just pee. Like, I was like, I got to go, you know? He's like, all right, I'm going to go around the cut. You know, you do your thing and uh, catch up with me later. So, man, I'm like literally like waist deep in mud, just trying to like get over to the shore a little bit. Finally, I get out and um, I just do my thing, you know? And later I see Rex. So, you know, Pat, Pat and PJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I make it over to Pat and PJ's house and we're just having dinner. And I was like, hey, Rex, come take this footage because you want to make a video. And he's like, nah, bro. He's like, uh, look through the footage before you uh, send it to me. I was like, nah, just take it, bro. He's like, no, I'm serious. Like, don't, I'm not taking it until you look through your footage. And I was like, bro, stop tripping. Take my SD card. He's like, nah, man. Um, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. So I go home and I start looking through the footage. And here I am, accidentally filmed myself being a savage, pooping in the marsh, total close-up, like, literally, like, pooping in the marsh, wiping my butt, peeing on my pot. <laughs> Come like, on, man. <laughs> bro, it was, it was disgusting. So, like, I literally almost gave one of my best friends this disgusting footage. I remember Rex telling us this story. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, exactly. He, 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 he told it's on us, one of the podcasts. It was on one of the milk crate conf- one of the first milk crate confessions. Whenever we were asking him, <laughs> what are some of the uh, tips for GoPro usage and that kind of stuff? And he said, you know, if you're gonna hand your your GoPro to somebody else or, or you want to get their footage, make sure they go through it first because there's yeah. some things that you can't unsee yeah. from your fishing buddy's yeah, yeah. footage. <laughs> yeah. It would have so, ruined our friendship for sure. Heath, I actually, I, I grew up with Pat. Um, oh, okay, cool. Pat and I went to elementary school together and uh, junior high and high school. And uh, Pat, if you're listening, man, I think you still have my Nintendo game, uh, WWE Res- or WWF Wrestling. Um, if you want to return that to me, man, that'd be great. <laughs> no, man, I just had breakfast with uh, Pat like two days ago. He came to Florida, Tampa, and um, we linked up for, for breakfast. It was just cool. That's all. Now, you said that you have been fishing since you were eight from a kayak but what was like your official first fishing kayak that you know you maybe put some mods on yeah, yeah. you really took the time to to mess with where you yep. felt good about it yeah it was a, um it was a I was, I was eight and i was like 19 and um i got a special a clearance special at sports authority and it was a lifetime uh 10.5 foot just red sit on top kayak and Man, I tell you what, I put outriggers on that thing. I put like it was unreal, and I, I quickly realized how terrible it was, and I upgraded to a like a field and stream twelve footer little thing fishing like kayak. A talon, one of the talons yeah, talons, yeah, yeah, like yeah. It was a talon. Yep. Yeah. So, how long did it take you before you were like, all right, this lifetime's got to go? You said it was pretty quick. Yeah, it's probably it was... like four months, maybe. That's it. That's usually all it takes. Somebody is. Four to yeah. six months before yep. they get that first kayak, and they're like, "Man, either I'm done kayaking, this is terrible, or they just jump to the next level of kayak yep. and they and they want to move up." Something that you said kind of kind of stuck with me. You talked about your dad taking you, and you guys would scrape the barnacles off, yep, uh, and, and go catch the sheephead. One thing I like about some of your videos, especially when you're in Florida, is you always have your son or one of your sons with you most of the time. And 
I love the ones where you guys are like going under the bridge and you're yeah. catching you're catching crabs to yeah. go fishing. So you come by that honestly, like that that is like a family thing where 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 your dad passed it on to you and you're passing it down to the kids. So man, that's that's awesome that you're passing yeah. that kind of stuff. Along. Yeah, it's a blessing. My dad never wanted to buy bait, so it was either cast net for it or go catch it yourself. And then uh, so I just try to teach my kids how to how to do it. I'm claustrophobic. So yeah. I don't know, man. You're in some tight spots getting some yeah. of those little crabs and stuff off the walls and yeah. underneath the bridge. I don't know if I could do it. What you can't see is um on the GoPros, like there's a ton of spiders in there too. So it's like you're always just like, oh like what is that? What is that? <laughs> you know? What's crawling on me? What's crawling yeah. on me? Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get into some of the topics that we have today. Now that we've got to know a little bit more about Mr. Heath. But what I want to know is first how would you describe yak tribe and then second tell us how yak tribe started man i um i have been asked the second question a lot but i've never been asked the first question um how would i describe yak tribe i think it's right on my hat you know national kayak fishing community um i think that yak tribe what i've always tried to make it be is more than an instagram page and so I always want it to be more than a sticker, more than a shirt and that kind of thing. So I think what describes it is really like a um, somehow it's just really a genuine connection of people before kayak fishermen. And then kayak kayak fishing kind of is the glue that keeps us all together, you know. Um, and then to answer your question, how Yak Tribe started, man, um, I think it was in 2015. We officially started 2015 and it was early 2015 around ICAST time. And I had to go out to ICAST to work um, for, for somebody. And I didn't even know what ICAST was, but I showed up to work and I just started, I got some free time. So I started walking around and kind of checking things out. And I started to see like a lot of familiar faces, people that I saw on YouTube and people I um, was subscribed to. And I remember kind of making my way towards those people. And it always looked like they were and this isn't like a shot at anybody, right? This is just like observant. Um, it always kind of looked like they were on their way to avoid as many people as possible. And really they just wanted to kind of do their thing. And I was watching some of the interaction with people that followed them and it didn't I, I, just be on being honest. It didn't look that genuine. Um, and I just started to really see the behind the scenes of the fishing industry in general. And of course there's a lot of kayak, you know, manufacturers there. I started to feel like, man, I love kayak fishing. And like, I really hope that kayak fishing doesn't really turn into like this type of, uh, type of people, you know, community. And again, it's not a shot at anybody. I'm just saying like, I love kayak fishing. I can see the, the difference between like boating fishing and kayak fishing, you know? And so, um, I was on my way to, uh, home and my wife and I were just talking about the experience. And I was like, Hey, uh, it was just a weird experience seeing some of these some of these people, and it was just a very awkward engagement, almost as if people didn't want to talk to each other. It's weird. I think I want to um, start some sort of community of people where that is not an option, right? Where it's like real people and real stories, like there's real connections. And so I started to throw around these ideas. Like, um, well, the first thing I did was, of course, Google to see. I, I don't like starting things if there's somebody already out there doing it really, really well. Not to say that I I can do it better. I'm just no, saying. Why not, man? That's how most of the yeah. you know the greatest some of the greatest businesses ever started was because 
you find something that people use already, something that people like, and make it better. Sure. So don't don't ever say you know oh somebody else doing something I can't do that. But we're glad yeah. that you did what you did. Yeah. Um, for sure. No, man. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. I just kind of felt like um, if somebody else was doing exactly what my vision was and they were fulfilling my specific vision, then I was going to try and support that. But if there was nobody in the industry doing what I had in mind, then I was going to go for it all the way. Um, just because, you know, the, the industry was so small at the time that there wasn't, there was only a few, you know? So I just felt like there was room to really get a big portion of the demographic and then be like this, this, uh, this type of community. So, but I feel, I feel you, like I totally get what you're saying. So, you know, what, what kind of taints and, and ruins the, um, the experience, like you were saying is, is when business is involved. That was when it, my exact thoughts. And that's what I was going to bring up next, but keep going. Cause yeah. When, when it on. starts to become a business, when you, when you actually have to rely on, on that becoming something for your, um, your your money you know or 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 just for the love of money you know and it it's no longer just about having fun and hanging with the bros it's always about what can i do to spark a business you know yeah what can i do to get profit out of this no man so I, i just remember we were driving home and um i started to think about some of these things and started throwing out some names and i was like you know how about like you know like kayak fishing uh, group, just like the lamest stuff. I was like, how about like yak fish, uh, this, and how about just kayaking nation and like all these things. And my wife was like, how about yak tribe? And I remember we were driving, I looked over, I was like, that's terrible. And then, and I just kept going about my business. And then later I was like, what about yak tribe? And she's like, that's what I said, (laughs) you know? And so literally within, um, within one day I had started, um, I started the LLC. Um, I started to draw the logo. I have this whole progression of like drawing and I made the logo in Photoshop, which was terrible. Um, we went through a revising period over the years and then I trademarked the name um, just because I wanted to protect, I want to protect Yak Tribe and the idea of this community. Um, actually right now I'm submitting a second trademark. Um, so we've got, we got two, two in the workshop now for, for different things. But so, yeah, man, that's pretty much how Yak Tribe started out, just a genuine desire to want to connect people that lived in California with people that lived in Florida, that lived in New York. That way, when we did bring people together, it wasn't like this like weird vibe that was like, I know you, but I don't know you. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you're you're building the community. And like like Chris was saying earlier with the boating industry, a lot of that boating industry is straight up business. Like yeah. it's business. That's what they're relying on their money for. It's not as much in the kayak industry, although it's it's starting to get that way. The more and more popular kayaking has become. Um, you can definitely tell, though, the guys that are more standoffish are usually some of the actual fishing guides that do rely on it as as a business um but i just think just the nature of kayak fishing itself the 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 basicness of it the the ease of use the fact that you can start kayak fishing if you have two or three hundred bucks 
on -hmm. just a lifetime kayak and and still get out there with the same guys that are in Hobies and three or four thousand, five thousand dollar kayaks. You can still the the grassroots is still there for kayak fishermen. So you still get a little bit of a different vibe. Sure. So, you know, you were saying that the uh, those the bass holes only only exist in the boating world, but that's not true. And and to see to say that they're they're slowly coming over to the kayak world is also not true. They've been here, and what happens, dude, is they get filtered out, and they get filtered out pretty quick. In fact, I'm not going to say call out any names here on the show, but we'll I'll talk about you, it when the show's over. Though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we know we know a lot of these guys who have come and gone in and out of the scene, and the problem that that they end up having is that. People will not accept them if they if they're not willing to make a change and become a part of the community that kayak fishing is. That's yeah, there's true. just a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, there's just a realness to it um, because in the kayak fishing uh, demographic, you know, in the boating world, a lot can a, you you can stand apart from people um, very quickly because with a lot of money, you can buy a lot of status and you can buy a lot of things and a lot of gear. But in the kayak fishing world, yeah, there's a difference between a $300 kayak and a $5,500 brand new Hobie Pro Angler. But even at that price point, you really can't outbuy other people in this industry. And so really what you have to show for yourself is your personality, right? And so if you're not like a team player and you're not um, a community type person, people will see right through the junk that you're putting on social media and what you're putting out there because you can you can like you can fly by in the fishing world and you can hide behind a lot of things. You know, like there's a difference between a very, very nice bass boat and somebody going out on an aluminum John boat. And so it's easy to show that status symbol. Right. Take me more seriously is basically what you're saying. Um, but you can't really do that in the kayak fishing world. Until somebody shows up, shows up to the launch with a cappuccino maker installed on their PA fourteen three sixty, yeah, that's <laughs> and they're, true. They're out there sipping their cappuccino while soaking some bait. Well, what go. about what about some of those guys that take um, they take burners out there and they cook fresh redfish in the marsh? I mean, there's, <laughs> Dude, that there's scares a few the guys. Shit out there's of a me, few man. guys like that one on the screen right now that I just watched one of his videos where he actually caught the fish and then they cooked it in the marsh right there so, on the kayak. I don't know about other states, but in Texas, that's illegal. So here's the thing, right? Um, I think they to- were in Louisiana where everything is. I mean, anything is legal in Louisiana. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All I'm saying is I like I, I'm not going to confirm or deny all details, but I will say this. One thing you have to do is prove the length of the fillets by keeping the the um, the body of the fish, right? The carcass. The carcass. Yeah. So let me just say we definitely kept that, you know, in case when we get back to the launch, there's some issues. Yeah. <laughs> it looked delicious, though. I mean, oh, I, I, can't, I can't lie. I would have loved to eat some of that. Yeah. Now, just... we, we, we talked a little bit about how it started, why it started. What are some of the challenges? Because, you know, some people are like, man, I wish I could have this huge group of people in this community and put on events and yada, yada. But they don't know the type of work that it takes and the challenges that arise from from things like Yak Trap. What are some of the challenges that you've had to deal with? Um, since you've been a part of, what is that, since 2015, so six years now that, that you've come across? Well, to be honest, um, 
I don't mean this in like any sort of any sort of you know way, but the a lot of people would think it's the marketing aspect that's a challenge, um, or you know development, you know online, any any sort of those things. But for me, the real challenge is not just staying relevant, but trying to keep a sense of um, community and activeness. And what I mean by that is like we lived on the road for so long um, in the RV doing that. And so we were very active in the community. Uh, so it's easy to roll up to Texas and be like, hey, we're doing a meetup in Galveston. What's up? You know, or to roll into Louisiana and have 150 people show up. You know, it's just like, you know, that's we were doing that and it was just so uh, fulfilling, I guess you could say, and fun and making those connections and just doing it, it was awesome. But when you kind of settle down and when you have jobs and when you have families and when you have all these responsibilities, it's kind of hard to stay as active as you want to in terms of like continuing to put out content, continue to put out designs, continue to answer all DMs and answer people's questions about kayaks and and work and, and collab and, and go to Texas and make videos and then go to New York and make videos and meet people and do meetups. And it just becomes a lot. And so, you know, honestly, man, um, I was going to say, uh, well, I guess it, what is it? I don't know when this show is going to air, but is it going to air in at least a week and a week from now? Two weeks. Okay. So this is perfect time then. So I'm going to drop some pretty big news. Like I was going to uh, make, I'm still going to make a video for my personal channel. Um, and I guess it's relevant to how big this news is, right? <laughs> this will drop big. on June 7th what is when this episode will drop. Okay, perfect. So I'll have time. Okay. So I've made some personal decisions um, in my life. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but they think I just run Yak Tribe. I'm actually um, a pastor at my church. And so I do that full time. And I run Yak Tribe and I run a marketing, our marketing agency that we've had for about 10 years. And we have some really big clients and some very long-term clients that we've had for a long time. And I've actually decided a few weeks ago to uh, part ways with some of those um, endeavors. And the reason for doing that is not because, you know, I'm rich. Actually, we're taking a, a massive financial hit doing this. And this is why it's big news, you know, to, to me, at least, and to my family. Um, but we're going full time, back full time into Yak Tribe. And so, you know, you had mentioned, uh, Chris, about business and fishing and all those things. I'm not expecting to make bankroll off of Yak Tribe. I never have. I never will. Yak Tribe will never be uh, a main source of, of income for me, but because we've always put our our profits back into the company by, you know, donating to people, paying for people's funerals, buying you know, teachers, Amazon wishlist is up. You know, we've just, we put it back into, into the community and try and live off our hustles on the outside, you know? Um, but I'm now, I'm now putting my full time and efforts into Yak Tribe. And I have the creative space now because when you're doing creative marketing for other companies, it's really hard to do it for yourself. And so to answer your question, the biggest thing for me has just been staying active and staying relevant and letting the people of Yak Tribe know Hey, I care, and I'm, we're still trying to do these things, and we're still doing the library. I've just not had time to communicate everything that we've been doing, right? And so you guys have been so busy with it. Now, Chris, would you agree 
Like, I was just at the Gotfish Expo this past weekend, and I was talking to people. I would say maybe 90% of the vendors and people there, a lot of people don't realize they're, they're vendors, they have booths. 90% of them, this is their side hustle. Like, the, oh, yeah. it, it's, yeah. not, it's not their main hustle. Like, <clears throat> you, you may see uh, this bait company or even rod company or stringer company or all this other stuff. This is their side hustle, guys. This is not their main deal. It, you may want to think that you can get into the industry and that can be your main sense of revenue those guys are very very few and far between that are able to do that um and a lot of times it's very difficult to have a family fish full-time and make some money doing something in the fishing industry full-time unless you have grinded and grinded for years and you've put in the work and you've made excellent financial decisions and i know heath in your case too you have kids your wife but she's down for for all this stuff that you guys are doing she's okay with living in the rv she's okay with traveling it's hard to find a good family and and people around you that will help support that doing it full time too. That's why it's, it's fewer and farther between. Cause most of the time it's just, it's people's side hustles. Well, you know, you know how you become a, a millionaire in, in the fishing industry, right? Start out a two, Billion. three, four million billionaire. <laughs> Start out a billionaire. Yeah. So, you know, let me, let me throw some other names out there, man, of, of other companies that started as a side hustle. And then they, they found that their passion was so strong for what they were doing that that they decided to make it their full-time hustle. And one of those guys is Heath, which we'll talk to pretty soon, Heath Hipple, uh, with Bugs Lures. Um, you know, this that was just something that he did on the side. Yep. And and then one day he said, you know what? I love this so much, I'm going to make it my full-time hustle. Yeah. Uh, Nino with Red Tail Optics, um, he was a teacher, you know, teaching little rugrats. And uh, decided, you know, not that he didn't love teaching because he still loves teaching, but um, that his uh, his passion for his brand um, continued to grow. And I know a lot of captains that are that way, too. Like originally they were, you know, one guy that I fished with down in um, Port Mansfield, an investment banker. Uh, and I'm sorry, but investment bankers make money. Even like the lowest of investment makers make money. And this dude was like, you know what? I, the money's not important to me anymore. Fishing is more important. And watching my kids grow up and doing things with my kids is more important. Yep. And so but that's somebody that that's got money that can say, you know what? Money's not important to me <laughs> because my mortgage is uh, my mortgage is fine. My house is paid off. I think I that's can go true. be a fishing guy now. But, you know, some of these guys, they would not be able to do these things without the women in their lives. Absolutely. Supporting them 100%. Um, you know, Heath Hipple, his wife supported one, 100%. Uh, Heath P., your wife is supporting you 100%. Um, Nino is unmarried. Um, just lots and lots of girlfriends. Uh, <laughs> that I'm sure they all support him. <laughs> but, uh, 
it's it's a wild and crazy ride that a lot of these guys go on. And whenever I talked about you know money, it's the guys that are chasing the carrot, bro. And you know what I mean by that. Mm. It's not like they're doing it for the love of and the passion of just the sport. There's a carrot dangling in front of them, constantly chasing that. And the carrot may not be money. It may also be fame. It's usually, wow, yeah, it's usually that. Um, I notice, you know, and Yak Tribe, we're not about drama or any of that kind of stuff, you know. But I, I, noticely, <clears throat> I notice a lot. I get a lot of messages um, from people that they want to talk about marketing and things like that um, just because, I don't know, they just do. And, and so one of the number one questions I get is um, it's basically a very selfish question, which is like, how do I get a community as big as yours? And so first, you know, I, I, I very humbly, you know, I'm like, Hey, there's communities way bigger than mine. You know, like, thank you that I, I appreciate the love. Um, but to be honest, man, I, I can't really answer that question because you're not even in the right headspace, you know, because of the way, the question you're asking basically tells me that anything I say, because I'm going to come at it from a very community-based, strategic, actually showing people love kind of angle, anything I say won't resonate with you. And the people that I notice who have asked me those questions over the last six years, um, their brands aren't around today. Yeah. Well, uh, and I think they ask you, maybe not that question, but I mean, it's, it's fairly obvious because you just said you handle some marketing for some bigger name companies and, and you're going to go back to, to doing a lot of that for Yak Tribe full time. So you do have, you have a marketing background, you have a marketing company, which that rolls us into our next topic that I wanted to talk about. What is some just generalized marketing branding advice for people who just want to start their own endeavors because me and you have talked about this before and you have some very strong feelings um about some of this stuff but what kind of just general advice would you give somebody about marketing and branding in today's social media world and fishing climate and, and everything that's going on well the first thing i would say is um to have a successful Let's just focus on one thing. Let's say a brand. Let's not talk about a product. Let's just take a brand, for example. Um, because if you have a product these days, now you're going to have to have a brand or some sort of community to back your product anyway. Um, <clears throat> but let's just say a, a, a brand. The first thing I want to say to somebody is you actually don't need $1. You could build a humongous whatever your brand is with no money whatsoever. Um, you don't need money at all. You could, you could, you could get to 10,000 followers in, in a year and a half with $0 in paid ad campaigns. Um, and we can get into a whole segment, how to do that, you know, um, because I could go on and on and on, but I just want to say you don't need all of the stuff to fulfill what it is you think you need to fulfill. And I think you guys are, I think you guys have even seen that in your own, um, podcast and, and, and deal that you have going on. Because I'm sure when you started, um, you knew about the possibilities of all the gear that you could possibly buy. But reality sets in where you realize you can't buy $10,000 mics, right? But you can start with what you have. And if you just start delivering consistently whatever it is on your heart to do, you're going to start to develop a following. Am I right? Like you're, 
Oh, it reminds me of the day that Drew started his podcast with a Yeti snowball. Right. In the the bathroom. Our first episode, I was in the (laughs) bathroom. You were in the bathroom. (laughs) With a a blanket hanging on the wall. um, Whatever it takes. For for sound vibration and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it takes. And that's what we did. And I was... I was, like you were saying, though, I was the one who was like, Chris, we need to do this, this. We need to get merchandise. We need to do this. And Chris is like, no, we need to put out content. Yes. And we need to put out contact consist- or content consistently. And I'm Smart. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do that. But we also need to get hats and shirts and everything else. Dude, I, and, I, and- I hate biting off more than I can chew. It's just I, I can't stand it. And I'm, right. I'm glad that I had Chris to level me out because sure. we have stickers. We have decals now. That's all we've done is, is decals and tumblers. And I, I think we've, we've done all right with that. So I'm going to let you continue on. But that, that's funny that you said yep. that because it was Chris was you and I was everyone else saying, we got to get all this stuff. We got to get right. everything. Yeah, yeah. And that's awesome that you acknowledge that because that's um, a big mistake people make is um, they assume that the, the – the main task at hand is going to get done. Uh, but when you start doing all that stuff, you get caught up and it can sway actually your intents of what you're uh, initially started, which was start a podcast and give people good content. But now you're going to have to start figuring out how to let people know that you have swag. Right. And so it just becomes this whole, this whole thing. And so, yeah, that's my first piece of advice is letting people know, do what you can with what you have, go ahead and prove that um, you can try to do what it is you're wanting to do. And try it. Just go for it and see what happens. You'll know you're in a good place to start. Um, and we're just talking about a brand right now. Uh, <clears throat> you'll know as a brand if you're doing a good job um, or if you should continue moving forward or bring some of those ideas like uh, stickers and all those things to surface if people start asking for it. If you're doing what it is you're doing and giving people the content they're asking for and people start saying, hey, like how, hey, how can I support? you know you're in a great spot, meaning you're doing something to attract people. So give the people what they want. Give them give them decals, give them hats and shirts because people want to represent, right? Um, so yeah, that's that. Now I have a question. Yeah. Do you think when you're developing your brand, should you set timelines for yourself or should you just kind of let it flow, let it happen. Try not to get too stressed about it because that may take off, you know, that may take some of the fun out of it. Or sometimes like myself, if I, I, I actually sometimes work better and more efficiently if I know that I have a deadline. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. It, I mean, just for you, just like, do you give yourself timelines on i want to accomplish this by this or you just say i want to accomplish this and then you just kind of let it freely happen man um that's a question you you should ask my wife because i get in these um i i get in these modes where it's like you know rex and i are a lot like um you know when you're a creative person and you guys are you know sometimes you can't force creativity and so if you have this vision for a video or a piece of content and you try and make it happen without really uh, a desire to do it right now or the pieces in place to, to really make it happen and you just try to just with all your might try to make it happen, 
usually the content turns out like trash. Um, it doesn't turn out that well. And so I've learned that in my own life that uh, for me personally, I have to set some expectations for my business, for my family, for myself. And I have to say, and I, I, write, I journal a lot. I make a lot of lists and I, I have whiteboards and stuff in my office. But I have to say, these are big ideas that I want to accomplish in 2021. Um, and I start to pick at these ideas as I get inspired to do it. Like my day-to-day job, that's like, you know, that assuming that's happening. Like I'm doing that, right? Like I'm, I'm posting on social, I'm doing the stories, I'm going fishing, blah, blah, blah. But there's bigger pictures, picture things. Like for instance, this year we're doing, you know, COVID canceled it last year, but this year we're bringing back our big national kayak meetup, uh, yak tribe meetup in Gulf Shores. We're doing a 64 man bunkhouse and a whole like compound. It's and like, to make that, sure we do. Yeah. You guys got to come. Um, you got to come. I was, I was talking to you right yeah. whenever it got canceled. About, yeah. Cause remember we were talking yeah. about, I was like, does it have air conditioning? Is there yeah. a place <laughs> for Jessica to go? Yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. that. Th- how's yeah. the bathroom situation? Like these yeah. were the actual conversations we were having yeah. right before it all got canceled. Yep. So I'm actually uh, re-signing our, our updated contract tomorrow and putting out the dates here in a few weeks, but it's in, it's in October, but you know, I, those are the big ideas. And you don't just become motivated to do that. That's something where I have to give myself deadlines and say, all right, I need to make sure the contract signed by this day, information is released by this day, sign up, start this day, boom, 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 boom. It's the other things that kind of drag me down sometimes where it's like, I know I need to put out more content. Right. So then it's like, I guess I could go fish and like hope for a big fish. You know, um, I perform well, I perform better with content creating when I am inspired to go make it. Yeah. If I'm forced to make it. And let me just say this. That's why Yak Tribe has never been the type to sell. We've never sold out to any companies who, you know, want us to do different things and make certain things and, and, and film certain things because under their creative direction, I'm probably not going to be that inspired to do so. And I don't want to bombard the community with, you know, a bunch of things that they know I'm just getting paid to do, you know? Um, so there's that whole fine line as well. You want, you want them to believe that if Yak Tribe is behind it, it's because you use it. Yep. it you know, that's, that's like with me and Chris with, yeah. you know, Pure Fishing, ACK, mm-hmm. Bait Butler, uh, real sportswear, like that's stuff that we use. We believe in it. We well, no we're not lie, just talking about it. No lie. Before before ACK jumped on board, um, REI was talking with with us about um, possibly doing something with REI because they wanted to expand their um, their paddle sports division of REI. And the fact is, we're more passionate about our our homegrown companies that are right here in Texas. So. Yeah, we could have jumped on board with REI and had like this huge, you know, bam, man, there's REI, there's they're nationwide. Right. Um, but yep. you know how many kayaks I've bought from REI? Zero. How many? Yeah. Zero. You know how many I've they're, bought from ACK? Yeah, like four. Like You know yeah. what what's what I was I want to add to what Heath was saying. Okay, so you you're talking about your big rocks and your small rocks, man. You've got, you know, the big rocks are the things that you we have to have plans around and the small rocks are things that you can kind of kick around and form um, while you're, you're doing your day to day. And, and as far as content creation goes, you know, when my content is, is absolute best is when I wake up with some harebrained idea and I remember that throughout the day, 
Like if I wake up, and it always it always uh, formulated into some sort of weird um, video that I would put out on Instagram. And I'll get back to that soon. I know Drew's waiting for me to start doing those again. I love because... the reels, man. Plus, I need I need you to teach me how to do reels. Like I'm not I'm not computer illiterate. I saw you put something on there. The other I don't day. know. I still Instagram reels from my phone is the hardest thing for me to figure out how to make a, a reel, especially with multiple pictures and stuff. Man, I, I can got, do it on Facebook. I just, all, I'm Instagram There's ignorant. all sorts of apps, dude, that, that will piece that shit together for you perfectly. I guess and that's what like, I need to do. really need to do anything. But I'm so, I'm so like, I want my video editing to, what I put out there, I want it to be so neat and tidy that I'll sit there and, and work on something for an entire day before I put it out. Now, that doesn't mean I'm working like a full eight-hour day in front of this video or something that's only 60 seconds long, but I'll I'll dick with it. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep changing yeah. things and changing things and tweaking it here and there um, throughout the day, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll be good to drop tomorrow. Well, um, since since both of you guys, you know, you were shaking your heads and stuff about these these apps – do you know off the top of your head some of these apps that will help you produce some Look, of the, the social so media content you, for some if, of our listeners out there that might be Instagram ignorant like I am? I have a whole folder of all my apps that I use, man. That does um, us no good in the audio format. Give me some names there, so, Bubba. So, of course, one of the most basic that you use on Instagram is Boomerang. You know, that's that's probably one that a lot of people use just to make little silly things. Um, and you can add stickers and uh, some sound effects and, and, you know, songs and stuff like that to it. I like using InShot um, on my phone for, for my video content creation um, when I'm using my phone anyway. And also... Uh, an app called Ucut, but um, I know that there is another one out there that's becoming really popular, and I cannot remember the name of it because they wanted they wanted cash money, like like a. And I will only use free things. Like, I'm, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> if it's like if it's like four ninety nine, I'm like, eh, okay, let me see what kind of you know thing I can, what kind of tools I can unlock with this four dollars ninety nine cents. Um, and sometimes they're good. Um, I cannot remember the name of the one, though, that... Man, I want to say it's called, like, Lime or something like that. But I know that's that's not it. Heath, do you know? I'm not sure. I, I actually don't use any apps. Um, I just use uh, a combination of TikTok and Reels, and I do screen recordings depending on what I like. Um, and so I usually, if I make something on TikTok, I usually screen record it, edit it, crop it and post it on reels. Yeah. So there, there you go again, you know, TikTok and reels also have their own little tools within the app itself. You know, you can use filters and sound effects and songs and things like that, but I take mine a step further where I'm actually like mixing things in and, uh, I think one of my favorites, you know, I did the the. Do you want to go fishing instead of do you want to build a snowman? Oh, man. Yeah. And and uh, you know, that one was a lot of cutting, you know, doing different shots, walking down the hallway, and um, it, it was it's just you got to get into it. And you got to have some time to brainstorm. You get this idea in the morning, 
and then you jot things down throughout the day how you want it to go and then you know you create it yeah he he, he this is going to be an off the script question sure but you could only for yak tribe with what yak tribe is you can only pick one social media platform to post on going forward facebook instagram TikTok. which one would you pick to push yak tribe and why would you pick Dude, you, that particular you, you, i think one? you gotta ask if i think you gotta ask that question if you want to do it for business or pleasure yeah that's why because i said yak he's doing the yak tribe community what would serve you best for your community? For my community specifically, it'd be Instagram. Um, okay. You know, because Instagram, okay, remember we're community. So there's a reason and there's a, a certain funnel we want to go down. And so, you know, in marketing, you think of like funnels, you want to get people from here to here. All right. So with Instagram, I can do that. I can be very, very targeted, very specific. Uh, direct them specifically where I want to go with Instagram story swipe ups, with DMs, with all of this kind of stuff. Now, the reason why I had to think about that for a second is because there's a lot of value in TikTok. Um, you can become viral in a month and you can go from zero followers to 100,000 followers in one month organically. And so, but here's the thing, that's going to be a whole bunch of randoms that literally have no cares uh, about what it is you're specifically trying to build. They just think you have some, you know, pretty cool content and you're funny or whatever the case is, but you're not going to be able to convert those people to any sort of funnel, to any sort of real thing, right? They're only going to see your TikTok videos. Yeah, right? yeah. They're, Maybe. There's not as much integrated Look, into, into no. that that app i don't get on tiktok i only see the tiktok on the reels from tiktok Instagram yeah. and all tiktok that. and so, reels was created for one thing and one thing only the dancing. adhd people of this world okay because you can constantly swipe content for hours upon hours upon hours it's like flicking the remote channel for your television when you know how <laughs> you know dad's got their remote for the very first time you know in in 1982 and uh he he won't stop flipping channels yeah but um that's what tiktok is facebook is still heavily um invested in instagram and they're putting i believe that all of their efforts are going into instagram still and developing the app and you know my wife's whole business is is based on instagram um i wouldn't say that, that that's a lie um, like seven, 75% of her business is on Instagram. Um, and I would say about 75% of my interactions are on Instagram. Um, but I would say this, you know, you want to make sure that you're spread out and you're actually populating all, all platforms because you never know. No one ever thought LinkedIn was going to make a comeback ever. Um, no one ever thought Twitter was going to make a comeback. Um, not to be political. Whoa, did he just say politics? Uh, but, you know, until, you know, our last administration really brought Twitter back, you know, and so no one but no one in the marketing world thought like, let's go hard on Twitter. No, like we left Twitter to die a long time ago, you know. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, um, it's Instagram for me all the way. But I would say this, 
don't put all your eggs in one basket. Make sure you have a website. Make sure you're collecting your community members contact the best that you can, because if Instagram goes down, how, how are you going to reconnect with them? You know, do you have their emails? Uh, do you have a good rapport with their emails? You know, like, do they actually like getting emails from you or do they throw you to the spam folder and unsubscribe, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but Hey guys, there's something really important that I wanted to, um, touch on in the marketing portion. Um, when you asked about uh, some some tips after that first tip i think something really important that you have to ask yourself uh anybody starting a business brand whatever is why you're doing what you're doing and i think drew you and i had this conversation um a long time ago in i think i was in high school one of my marketing teachers we had fbla future business leaders of america at my school and i was I was being a little hood rat, but I was still trying to be like some sort of entrepreneur. So I was- You wanted I was, to be the, the head hood rat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I was taking those classes and I remember there was a, a TED talk from um, Simon Sinek and he has a video called Start With Why. Whether you're 20 years into your company or you're thinking about starting a company, I think everybody should watch that TED talk. I'm not big into TED talks, uh, to be honest with you, but this one I am and it's called Start With Why. And the reason why is because Simon does a very good job at getting you to understand if you understand why you're doing something, then everything else will fall into place, right? And to give everybody here a quick example, if they don't have time to go watch this 20-minute clip, the basic, I, the basic um, thing he starts out with is saying like this. There's a difference between Apple and, um, and Microsoft, right? So like... Uh, or PC, you know, PC goes in there and they're just like, we've got like a million bits of processing power and the sleekest designs and the newest technology and this and that, and this is what we are and this is what we have. And this is all of our specs and we're just so great, right? Where you never hear Apple talk about those things. The way Apple goes about marketing is we know the type of life you live and we understand that you have this type of lifestyle, you know? And, um, we know that you like these types of things and we're the type of company to support, you know, the culture you live and they don't talk about specs or what they, uh, you know, they just, they build a, a picture for you. And that's really the two types of marketing, marketing styles that you have is give everybody the facts or build everybody a picture. Right. And ho and most people buy into the picture. So anyways, my point in saying that is if you understand why you're doing what you're doing, and all of your decisions moving forward will be based on that. So for us and Yak Tribe, why we do what we do is because we want to connect with real people to make real lifetime stories and real connections. Like I want to be able to be 65 years old and be like, hey, Rex, remember when like 20 years ago when we were like in, you know, Texas doing that one thing. The, the, oh, you remember when Chris was there? Oh, you remember when? Like, that's what it's about for me, you know? And that's why we do what we do. So when somebody comes along and, you know, say REI comes along and they're like, yeah, so we want to just pay you a bunch of money to like, um, you know, throw our logos in there and then you're going to have to do a 30 second commercial, this, this, and this. And like, yeah, we don't really care about like your, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. Well, no, that like doesn't align with our vision and why we do what we do. So it's an easy no, you see? Yeah. And so that's really my, 
biggest piece of advice for people is understand why you do what you do. So it's it's funny that he brought that that in right there because like the next question that you were going to ask him, Drew, um, I had a question about that before you asked that. And it's like, it could be anything. It could be Bicycle Tribe. Yeah, it really it could. It could be... Um, RV Tribe. <laughs> RV Tribe. You know, why... Is it just because of your passion for fishing and kayaks, or did you actually see an end there? Right, right. Um, are you talking about me specifically? Oh, yeah. 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 Because um, yeah, it really could, right? You're, you just want to serve. I just want to serve. You just yeah. want to serve, and you want to serve your community and communities all around the nation if you could. I've had um... – you know, I don't talk about this a lot, but I've I've been approached um, a few times uh, from people that want to buy Yak Tribe and they want to turn Yak Tribe into, you know, I, I would make a, a ton of money from it, you know, and it's 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 trust me, it's very tempting to be like life is set, you know. Uh, yes, I will sell all my people and all my contacts to you, of course, you know. Um, but it's been, you know, I, the, the reason why I won't do it um, is because I have a real vision for this community. I want to be the, I want to be like the boy scouts of kayak fishing and paddle sports in general um, as to where we exist to do just good stuff for people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like we're kayaking. Uh, we kayak fish, whatever we got paddle boarders and micro skiff people and this and that and the other. But at the end of the day, like, you know, when somebody's uh, mom suddenly dies and they have no money, like we want to be the people that says like, oh, like, don't sweat it. Like, yeah, here's the money. Like, you got it. Um, we want to be the people that buy kayaks for people and, and give it away with no strings attached. Like we just we have it on our list. Like if I open up my, my notes app right now, my number one to do list item, because I have a to do list uh, the night before I make to do list. And the very top thing on my to-do list is do things for people who can't do things for you. Meaning today I have to do something for somebody who literally cannot repay me in any form. Right. Um, and, and I look for that and that's how my, my uh, company act tribe is the community is that is my vision. So to answer your question, question, Chris, I don't see like a, I don't see the pinnacle. I don't really see like the, um, the stopping to where we can say like, yeah, we did it. Like we made it, you know, because I kind of just see this progression of us becoming more and more, you know, financially stable, more and more community based to where we don't have one kayak library. Like we have six, you know, um, and I'm not physically or emotionally attached to anything. It's just like the products are being used to better people's lives and we're being able to help, help more and more people, you know? But what, what is it about kayak fishing that made you choose that avenue to focus on um, as far as the way that you can help people? Was it going out with your dad on the kayak, and, and do you think that had a big influence? Like, what is it about the 
just kayak fishing community in general that you decided these are the people that I want to help. This is the sector that I want to be a part of. Cause like you said, you could have did bike tribe or RV tribe okay, and yeah. still had the same type of thing. But what is it yeah. about the yak tribe, the yak yeah. part of that, that, that has your focus? Like, yeah. So I, um, yeah, man. So as I said before, like I'm a pastor, um, and I've been doing ministry, full-time ministry for 10 years now. Um, and so faith is a big thing for me. Um, and, uh, just trying to be blessing to people. And I just believe in kind of, uh, I can't just pick something random to be a blessing to people. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I want to do something I love and pair it with something that I love. Right. I, I love kayak fishing so much, but here's something that I noticed very special about the kayak fishing community. What I noticed about it was that in kayak fishing, you can be very helpless in kayak fishing. Like to be a real a kayak fisherman, you can put yourself in some pretty vulnerable places on the water. Um, people die in kayaks all the time. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's actually a very dangerous thing, kayak fishing. Um, you know, like we recently had somebody die even with a life jacket on because they flipped over in freezing cold water and, um, they had so much gear and leashes on their kayak that it wrapped around their PFD and they died. You know, it's a, you never know what could happen. You could be sight fishing, fall down and hit your head. And you know, you know, that, that it is what it is. Um, and you're usually by yourself and that type of person that submits themselves to that type of situation they are usually the type of person that's willing to help somebody else who's, who's in a situation, right? Um, they're usually a selfless type person. And to kind of pick, go back a minute, uh, Chris, you had mentioned like the people who try and come in and be something that this community is not is exposed so fast. They're exposed. They're usually not welcomed. Um, they usually don't get the love that they think they're going to get because of who they are, what kind of weight they bring. They're exposed. Right. And so what real to answer your question, the reason why I chose kayak fishing is not only do I love it and also my faith, I just know the demographic of person that it is. And that's the, those are the friends that I wanted to have for the rest of my life is those types of people. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why Chris and I, started this show is like you said there's some definite vulnerability whenever you're out there by yourself and you're first getting into the sport you don't have a lot of guidance i mean you've seen some of the guys on youtube but there's a lot of self-serving people on youtube putting out these videos and putting out content and that's one thing that me and chris wanted to do is put forth some content that was going to help every fisherman like it was gonna make their experience better on the water more comfortable safer where it's not really self-serving to me or chris because it's not like we're making you know money hand over fist doing a podcast yep. you know we we, nah, bro, we may, nah, bro, we may bro, get bro. some extra perks let me, let of me, gear but that's me, about it man let me tell it the way that it really is okay I got sick and tired of reading the same damn questions and answers on <laughs> Facebook. What kind of kayak should I get? Or should I buy this Ascend and then 
everybody raping the same hole over and over and over again and just kicking that bucket down the street come on man let's be real well yeah. that that's the grumpy old man <laughs> yeah. that's that's the grumpy old man no, of, the, of this duo yeah. that's the troll that's the troll portion you know yeah that's the troll per- <laughs> it, portion of chris but yeah. um no you know it was it purely informative and fun is is what this whole thing is oh. supposed to be about and it has been it really really has been um and being able to converse with with uh um personalities in the industry that that we wouldn't normally be so uh they wouldn't normally be as accessible and this yeah. really really allows us to to uh bring those people not only into our conversation into our world but into everybody else's world too because you know what he you make it out there on Facebook, you know, you make it out there on uh, Instagram, but how often do you get to sit down and talk about your mission for an hour and then put it out there for everybody to listen to it? And yeah. not just everybody, but we're talking thousands of, of people. Well, that would be everybody. But <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, I, Drew, I love the way that... Uh, you know, in our in our little lineup here says what's you know yak tribe yak tribe's mission and uh what is about their program did you see how it just became organic like his whole entire conversation everything that we were listening to there was just like it f- flowed so nicely and, and just became a part of the conversation without even having to ask ask the question listener up up Oh, oh, oh. Chris, Chris's internet. Got him. Let's see. Let's see if he comes back up. Oh. Oh, there we go. Hey, bro, you were you were frozen for like ten seconds there. Was I? Yeah, yeah. I think it was more like five, but yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so you were just start again where you were talking about. You see how it kind of just flowed. So you see how it it just became organic, right? It was just flowing from. Uh, and this is this is honestly what what people can take as um, if you take anything from this episode, know that that this man is speaking from his heart in 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 what he's doing. And unless you know, Drew's question asks about the mission, and unless you're asking for a mission statement, nothing can actually be said or written. Um, that is more truer than what's just coming from the man himself. So, oh, yeah. I think he conveyed really well about just the, the mission of Yak Tribe, why, why Yak Tribe is out there. And you also mentioned the kayak rentals. Tell us a little more about the, the kayak rentals, where you, where you want to see that in the future. Is um, it a rental if it's free? Yeah, so that's just kind of – it's not, but that's the name. It's just kind of yeah. a little bit more uh, – you know, people understand it better if I if I if I do that. Um, but yeah, man, it's the Yak Tribe Free Kayak Library. That's what we really call it, the kayak library, because I just envision uh, nationwide kind of the system where you know people who want to get into kayak fishing. This isn't for you know leisurely kayaking. You know, this is for kayak fishing, right? That's why we actually have a rental company in St. Pete. It's we actually like rent kayaks and make money off of them. 
So we uh, we bought all of the kayaks we have, um, and we have a two-sided business, leisurely kayaking, where we rent people kayaks and just go explore the mangroves. But if people are going to kayak fish, meaning they have signed up to become a Yak Tribe member, they are, they're going with some fishing poles in an effort to catch fish from a kayak, they can literally come to our house is where it's set up. We'll load up a kayak on their truck or SUV and they can take it for the day and they can go fishing and they can figure out if I like kayak fishing. And not only that, we've got like six or seven different brands of kayaks. So they can try out all from vibes to new canoe to feel free to whatever they, you know, um, different stuff. They can try them and figure out what kind of kayak they like before that to spend a bunch of money. You know what I'm saying? And so I envision this, you know, we're hoping to open one in Pennsylvania we're hoping to open one in Texas. And then uh, once we get those two established, I'd really like to go after um, uh, Tennessee and Georgia. And uh, yeah, just that's just the vision um, for that whole uh, endeavor with the Yacht Tribe Kayak Library. Now, you, you talked about we're going to have the big meetup coming up soon. Yeah. What, er, what, what does the future hold for Yak Tribe? What, what do we see out you know a year from now two years from now is there anything you want to share about things that you really want to accomplish other than the the yak tribe library going you know nationwide in different places yeah um so one thing i really love is to be doing double meetups a year so we do micro meetups you know which is cool but i'm talking about like a a very well planned you know marketed in advance compound style meetup to where they can host like you know a hundred trucks and it's during the week so you know it's not like really a weekend thing you know it's 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 like a, a wednesday through saturday kind of thing so people have know, to plan to go they, yeah they have to, they plan have to, to make really it they have to make an effort to really go exactly it's not one of our small like we do meetups in louisiana where it's like a saturday and miss lisa cooks out it's not like that it's so anyways, that one's happening at the, uh, in October. It's going to be amazing. I'm so pumped up for it. And it's a crazy amount. It's such a cheap amount of money for what you're getting. It's just unreal uh, what we're being able to, to negotiate with the Gulf Shores to do it. Um, so it's going to be awesome. So please look out for that. But so uh, a short-term goal is to have two of those a year um, to set up the kayak library. But here's something that I would really love um, – and it would have to be the right company, but I'd be interested in having the right type of company back my vision for um, the kayak library. Whereas it's not coming all out of my pocket because I can't, I did the first one myself. You know, we took in donations like ACK, they sent over rulers and some, um, some dope stuff, NRS bag and different things. Uh, people sent over paddles, people sent over, but like a lot of the heavy lifting is in the kayaks themselves. You know, those aren't cheap. And a goal would really be to see uh, the right kayak manufacturer or two uh, or three, because I don't like to, I don't like to pigeonhole ourselves with things like that. We're a community and people want to see all types of stuff uh, actually come behind us and start saying, Hey, we're going to go ahead and take over the Texas location. We're going to go ahead and take over the PA location and then to see another company come in and say we're going to take, uh, we're going to go ahead and take Georgia and Tennessee, and go ahead and get uh, our five locations established like that. Um, 
because I don't want to do a whole bunch of different different ploys where we get the community involved to buy kayaks and this and that and the other. I know I have enough. I, I say this with all you know as as humbly as I can, but I've done deals in the past, and I work with enough manufacturers to know if I present it the right way with certain of these brand uh, manufacturers, I think we can get it done that way. I'll tell you what, it really needs to be focused on the the companies that are in the communities where you're operating. Um, yep. And, you know, the ones that I can think of that are close to you are going to be like, uh, you know, Kaku, mm-hmm. um, Crescent. Hey, Crescent, Crescent yeah. I know you're out there listening. Yeah, we've done a we've done a podcast with James. I've been over to their warehouse and uh, uh, yeah, James yeah. has been good to us. James has been very good. That's a great company, man. I'm, I'm really glad yeah. that busting it busting it out in the united states man they are they're killing it as far as uh you know bringing kayaks to the to the world and to the people as fast as they possibly can where everybody else is failing to to get them out yeah so who else can you think of that's in your communities that uh you know well i know vibe would be a big hitter um you know we've done work with vibe in the past um and are still doing work with vibe uh let me think you know what actually one that i really want to uh kind of get in talks with is pelican um you know because they also offer not just kayaks but enough supportive gear that would be worth uh interesting very interesting Um, phone cases ice cool or drink coolers yeah Yeah. Um, because when we send somebody out bro like when we send somebody out they can literally come to this location they can get a kayak paddle, anchor, measuring board, po- fishing poles, fishing lures for this area, nets, uh, bait buckets. They get, they can come with nothing and be ready to go. You know, and that's I, I the vision. I needed you ten years ago, man. That's why. That's need, why they I call it the this. library, man. Because you know, whenever you go to the library, you go up there with nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> walk away with with knowledge. You walk away with knowledge. Yeah. Well, well, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I was just say, used to I'm, walk away with a bunch of books that I didn't even yeah. read. Yeah, and I am happy to say a big question I've always gotten was, um, you know, people are going to screw you over. But, you know, in life, people are going to screw you over no matter what. You know, in life, you're going to meet somebody that, that totally steals from you or whatever. But I can say this, um, the caliber of person that have showed up to rent stuff, it's always been great people, and I, we've never been taken advantage of one time. If anything, they come back and, like, drop off a $20 bill and say like, Hey, buy some more baits for the next person, you know, or whatever. So it's, it's been great. That's awesome, man. So to, to end the show here, I'm just going to kind of give you the floor. Is, is there anybody you want to thank um, anybody that you've worked with that have helped you just build yak tribe to where it's at right now? Like the, the floor is yours. Tell us where we can find um, yak tribe, uh, Email addresses, emails, all that good stuff. Yeah. So the first thing, um, obviously, and I'm about to score some major points, is uh, my wife. She's just got me this water. But this is Shannon. This is, yeah, this is Yak Tribe. And he called her in here to hear this answer, guys. That are right. the, Those of you that are just listening to the audio, he made sure to ask for some water before he answered this question. That's right. I did make sure to ask for water. No, but in all seriousness, um, you guys were talking about, you know, the, the wives and everything like that. I, I, I was bugging my wife, you know, we were, we were pastoring in Sarasota and I always had these wild ideas. I was like, look, 
um, we're going to live on a boat. She's like, no. I was like, we're going to live in a, a van. She's like, no. I was like, man, like it'd be easy to take this one kid we had. We only had one at a time. I was like, let's just go, you know, dingy back and forth and get like live in Sarasota Bay and just live on us. She's like, no. I was like, all right. I put some real effort into it. And I was like, let me develop this plan. And I was like, hey, what about this RV? Like, what do you think about RV life? And we would do this and this. And, and she was like, no. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm adventurous, right? Like I'm trying to get after it. She's like, I'm sorry. I just love this. I love this uh, townhouse in Lakewood Ranch. I just love it. And one day she came into the room. Uh, I was probably watching YouTube and she was like, hey, you, uh, you still want to live in an RV? I was like, oh yeah. And she's like, I mean, I wouldn't be against it, bro. The next week, I traded my my Jeep Grand Cherokee for a truck, and I went and bought a 36-foot RV. I was like, let's go. So, you know. You're not going to let her change your mind at all. Oh, really. no way, no, because she was like, hey, I think we could do it. Like, I think we could really build Yak Tribe. I really want to build my personal brand because she does um, influencing for, like, motherhood and stuff. And she's like, I think this would help us make good content, so I'm, I'm for it. So I would want to say, you know, we're at where we're at today because uh, she she said, let's go for it. And she believed in what we could do and support herself in the road. Um, but other than that, I had a lot of help. Um, there's a lot of mentors in my life. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually have a video on YouTube called um, My Testimony. I think it's called that. But uh, I was, man, the, the I'm sitting here in front of you, a uh, totally different person, man. Like I used to... Uh, I used to do some really bad things and uh, run around with some really bad people and just really did a lot of bad things to people. And so um, there are a lot of people in my life when I was young that took hold of me and put marketing skills into me and uh, just shook me up and said, like, this is what you're doing, but this is not who you are. And so we're going to teach you and give you some skills to be able to build in the future. And I'm reaping some of those things right now. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that. Well, I was going to say a lot of those bad things, they probably had something to do with Rex. Yeah, honestly, I was actually going to bring Rex up too, man. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, people, uh, Robert Field. Um, I'm not sure if you know Robert, but Robert, uh, Rex, these, these guys, they played some crucial. You know, what's beautiful about um, Robert, Rex, and myself is we actually all went for it at the same time. And that's a story that we actually want to get together and tell. Um, we're, we want to try and find a time where me, Robert and Rex can get together. And we've been together a few times at the same time, but it just never worked out where it would be organic, but we all made the leap at the same time, which is amazing. And so I'm really thankful for those guys who have supported me and, and helped me, uh, uh, do that. Well, I'll tell you, if you talk to Rob, tell him, say you've been on the podcast. Rex has been on the podcast a few times. We had him set to be on the podcast. I think, I think this is his shirt, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. The stay tripping. Well, and we, we've I've tried to schedule him like four times. Tell him we need to get him on the podcast. Yeah, I'll talk to him. Um, I will talk to him. For, I just I actually just texted him. So, um, but yeah, man. Other than that, I would say, hey, so, you know, with the with the last minute I have is. Um, I wouldn't be in a position I am today without the people of Yak Tribe. So literally without the people, uh, the platform is nothing. And that's something I realized from the very beginning um, is without the people, Yak Tribe doesn't exist. So 
I'm really just thankful for the platform that people have given Yak Tribe by sticking around. You know, they've, uh, I'm not going to lie, you know, the hat purchases and the, and the shirt purchases, they help um, with, with building the community and the brand. And, you know, even over the years, they bought groceries here and there for our family. Um, and as I enter into going to Yak Tribe full time, uh, I'd, lie, I'd be lying if I said that those things wouldn't help fulfill this desire to see the community grow even what is, bigger. What is your, like what is your gear sell for? So uh, our hats sell for 35 and our dry fits sell for uh, 35 t-shirts for 25. But I'm actually, uh, I'm going through a pricing restructure right now because everything's in house. Uh, so we, I want to make it more accessible at a better price point for people. Um, so I'm cutting my margins down now that everything is except the hats, uh, but all of my, Shirts and everything are coming more in house now, so I have more better control over price point. Um, but yeah, what, man, what's the website where they can find that merch? Yeah, so it's yak-tribe.com, um, yak-tribe.com, and uh, you'll see the whole shop up there. But yeah, other than that, man, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on and giving me opportunity to just uh, talk and, and share with you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, Chris, you got anything else you want to ask, man, before we get off of here? Um, not really, but. You know, I I frequent Florida um, two to three times a year, and I need to make hmm. it a point to to come out your way. Where at in Florida do you normally come? Uh, my favorite spot is the uh, Forgotten Coast. Oh, okay. So anywhere from um, like Mexico Beach to Stanhatchee. Well, I'm up in Tampa Bay. Yeah, um, it's it and. I've got a lot of friends in Tampa, so it's like they're always telling me, dude, what's the deal? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so right was, now we're yeah. Right now we're in the middle of uh tarpon fishing. So that's like the, I'm not I'm not really not even leaving Tampa Bay until tarpon season's over. But I'm gonna be down your guys' way. I don't know how far you live from Rex, but fifteen minutes. He's right down the road from yeah. Rex. I'm all the way down on the coast. Like by Galveston or Yeah. Actually I'm 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 moving even closer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Drew, I mean, I, um, now that I have this flexibility kind of in my career right now, uh, I am going to start hopping on these, uh, what is it? Allegiant flights. Like I can go to, from Tampa to, um, Louisiana round trip for a hundred bucks. I can fly into Houston for a hundred bucks. So I'm going to be staying at Rex house more and more often, just kind of making content and um, doing stuff. Awesome. We'll have to get together, meet some of the bro staff. So have a, I'll be around. Have a Yak Tribe bro staff, big conglomerate meetup down there or, or yeah. something like that. And then Sounds like October is going to be busy. I was going to say, oh, yeah. you're, you're yeah, talking yeah. October for the Gulf Shores. Yep, it's going to um, be busy. Make sure we'll post up details once you post that on the Paddler's Playbook Facebook page, on the Instagram. Maybe we can get some bro staff members out to that i i'm looking forward to it because like i said i was looking forward to it before covid i was gonna yeah. head down there for oh. that it, it was gonna it was gonna be a good time but again heath thanks for joining us so much on the paddlers playbook chris i think this has been another great episode bro staff be on the lookout for the ugly stick ugly tool giveaway we're gonna have a lot more giveaways coming to you guys really really soon we kind of fell off the giveaways a little bit but we are ready to get that back rolling but make sure you check out paddler's playbook on instagram facebook 
Before we get off of here, too, Chris, I don't know. You probably don't check it, but we got a one-star review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> but they didn't even write anything. Yeah, they killed hey, me, man. guys, don't do that, okay? If you're going to show your ass, show your ass all the way. And and all all I have to say about that is there are some some other podcasts that I'm sure you guys listen to that have over a hundred reviews on there. They're they're hitting over a hundred. We're at like at thirty something. We've got to get that number up. We got to pump them numbers up, baby. So hop on if you're a, if you're an Apple Podcast listener, make sure to hop on there. Leave us leave us a one star, two star, three star, four star, five star review. But if you're going to leave us a, a, a th- I think a three star, if you're going to leave us a three star below, write something. Tell us why. Like we got a three star rating the other day that I can appreciate. The guy said, I listened to the Martian Ninja episode and it was like two like drunk, two guys. drunk people just interrupting their friend's story all the time. I'm like, interrupting yeah, that's me. Story. I was like, yeah, that, that's us. That's me and Chris. You hit the nail on the head, bud. But at least he gave some feedback there. So if you're going to leave something on Apple Podcasts, uh, please just put your name on it and, and, and say why you didn't like it. Because we're not going to be for everybody. But if it's something that we see consistently, then maybe it's something that me and Chris need to improve on. But I, I hope that we see a lot more four and five stars on there. We got to get up into those hundreds, man. We can't be getting beat by these other podcasts. We got we to gotta pump those numbers up, baby. Drew is very competitive. <laughs> I am. I'm very competitive in I'm in not. I'm like, that, I'm like, let it flow. <laughs> well, I'm competitive in things that I think that i am good at or we are good at if i know i'm not good at it i'm like okay it's just fun whatever but i think we got a good thing going here chris we're, we're getting guests that are great for the community um i don't want to say that we're getting better and better guests because the guests that we had on they've all been first, great and they're all have, going have, to be great yeah have all been great but it's, it's nice cover boys exactly you see you see how we did that see how we did that but guys we appreciate you listening i could sit here and ramble on and on for hours but we are gonna get out of here he thanks for joining us that good fish man chris thanks for being the co-host for another great episode yeah peace see ya